thought we might begin with a scripture passage from Pentecost. So if you want the passage in front of you, uh, you could simply go to page 172 in your missal, and you will have the text for this evening's conversation. We'll look at the text from the Gospel of John for Pentecost. So considering how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, let's listen to what Jesus has to say in the good news, in the Gospel. This is from John's chapter 15. So you know what's happening here. The scene is Jesus having finished washing the feet of his disciples. He's at his last supper with them. And he gives them this assurance, this consolation on the eve of his passion. And so take a moment to enter the scene with Jesus the Last Supper, the evening before his Passion, Good Friday. Isn't it something to do that? Because these disciples, when they experience Pentecost, when they experience the Holy Spirit, it takes them back to this occasion. It takes the beloved disciple back to this occasion, and he records this detail of all the disciples, of all the evangelists, of all those Gospels, this detail comes about through the beloved, John. And so just there at the Last Supper, let's listen. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, He will testify to me. And you also testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when He comes, the Spirit of truth he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in the quiet of your hearts, because too often conferences are filled with lots of talking, notice what the Holy Spirit is doing in this gospel and where you are drawn to the activity of the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment of silence and notice what the Holy Spirit does, according to Jesus, that attracts you. Jesus gives us a good place to begin by naming the Holy Spirit, the Advocate. Before we speak of how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, it's good to know the identity of the Holy Spirit. And this identity, Advocate, is a a legal term, right? Advocare. In Italian, if you want to hire a lawyer, you hire an advocato, an advocate. I had a Jesuit friend who was fond of saying, because his father was a work compensation lawyer, you know one of those lawyers? Somebody gets injured on the job, his dad would be called. And so his dad represented a lot of personal injury claims. And his dad would say, the worst injuries, the worst injuries are those that are not represented. Those that have no voice. Those injuries that are kept in the dark. Those wounds, those places of harm that are kept out of the light. In other words, any way in which we suffer alone, we're given the Advocate. Just as Jesus has his Father with him all the time, and everything that the Father has is His, the Holy Spirit will give us that same experience of companionship and relationship, especially in our woundedness. The Advocate will speak on behalf of our woundedness, will speak on behalf of our injuries, This is the assurance of the Holy Spirit as advocate. The Greek term here would be paraclete. Paraclete. 
And if you take it apart, if you have a perimeter, a perimeter fence, para means around. And klesis means calling. Calling out. We have the epiclesis at Mass, don't we? When does that epiclesis happen at Mass? When the priest extends his hands over the offerings and calls upon the Holy Spirit, calling down the Holy Spirit upon epi, epidermis, surface. Calling down upon. And so the paraclete, paraclesis, cries out around our wounds. The Holy Spirit cries out around those who don't know what to say or how to say it. St. Paul says this so beautifully in Romans, doesn't he? Romans chapter 8, which you're right in the middle of Romans when you're in chapter 8. So if you're looking at a geometric height for that letter, it's in chapter 8. It's all downhill from there. No, it, it, it continues to escalate. But it escalates off this springboard of chapter 8, which is the chapter of the Holy Spirit. Of Paul's letters, it's his most doctrinal letter. It's the most heavy with teaching. And here is his teaching on the Holy Spirit. Chapter 7 of Romans is filled with I. Why can't I do what I want to do? I, me, I, me, I, me. Lots of personal pronouns about 32 times in the first person, egocentric, egocentric. And then in chapter 8, the Spirit displaces the ego. The Holy Spirit enters the woundedness of the ego. Because that's what happens when we get hurt, don't we? Start to focus on I and me. The more I hurt, the more I suffer, the more I turn inward, the more I tend to hide, the more I try to fix myself, the more I try to take care of myself on my own. On my own. Try to manage on my own. And St. Paul describes that misery, oh miserable one that I am, he says in chapter 7, and then in chapter 8, the Holy Spirit enters and says this, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words, and he searches the hearts of men and knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. There's that paraclesis crying out around us. There's that advocate, advocare, calling out beside us. In other words, 
Jesus says very clearly, the advocate, he will do the work. God wants to do the work of saving us, of caring for us. The very title gives us his activity. He goes on. I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. That's probably where I go in this gospel. Did that happen for you? Yeah. What does that say about Jesus? He knows how we receive. He knows our capacity. And he desires to tell us more, but he knows our capacity to receive. And is he disappointed by that? No. There's no disappointment there. In fact, what I hear, I have much more to tell you. He desires to reveal himself, yet he reverences our limitations. Do you hear that? He reverences my limited capacity to receive. He honors it. How often in our own parlance we'll hear this phrase, that Jesus loves me in spite of my weakness, in spite of my limitations. And there's no spite in Jesus here. There's no spite in Jesus toward our limitation. Do I believe that? How often during the course of the day do I carry a bit of spite toward my limitations? How often do the... In the course of a day or week, do I have a tape recorder of negative self-talk about my limitations, my impatience, my anger, my desires, my shortcomings, my sorrows? Friends, the human passions are morally neutral. Let's be very clear. Anger, love and hate and desire, the appetites, Morally neutral. Jesus doesn't hold that in spite. He carried that in himself. He was fully human. And in that humanity, honoring our humanity, he says, when he comes, the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth. And so, friends, our whole lives can be a receiving of the Holy Spirit. It's not a one and done situation. The Holy Spirit is always laboring to reveal God's presence to us, and he says very clearly here, it's the Spirit of truth. So if we want a clue here as to how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, the very first thing the Holy Spirit does in helping us to pray is to be honest. Honest. 